Canto Second of the White Doe of Ryleston by William Wordsworth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The harp in lowliness obeyed, and first we sang of the green wood shade and a solitary maid, beginning where the song must end with her and with her sylvan friend, the friend who stood before her sight, her only unextinguished light her last companion in a dearth of love upon a hopeless earth for she it was twas she who wrought meekly with foreboding thought in vermeil colours and in gold an unblessed work which standing by her father did with joy behold exulting in the imagery a banner one that did fulfil too perfectly his headstrong will for on this banner had her hand embroidered such was the command the sacred cross and figured there the five dear wounds our lord did bear full soon to be uplifted high and float in rueful company it was the time when england's queen twelve years had reigned a sovereign dread nor yet the restless crown had been disturbed upon her virgin head but now the inly working north was ripe to send its thousands forth a potent vassalage to fight in purses and in neville's right to earls fast leagued in discontent who gave their wishes open vent and boldly urged a general plea the rights of ancient piety to be by force of arms renewed glad prospects for the multitude and that same banner on whose breast the blameless lady had expressed memorials chosen to give life and sunshine to a dangerous strife this banner waiting for the call stood quietly in ryleston hall it came and francis norton said o father rise not in this fray the hairs are white upon your head dear father hear me when i say it is for you too late a day bethink you of your own good name a just and gracious queen have we a pure religion and the claim of peace on our humanity tis meet that i endure your scorn i am your son your eldest born but not for lordship or for land my father do i clasp your knees the banner touch not stay your hand this multitude of men disband and live at home in blissful ease for these my brethren's sake for me and most of all for emily loud noise was in the crowded hall and scarcely could the father hear that name which had a dying fall the name of his only daughter dear and on the banner which stood near he glanced a look of holy pride and his wet eyes were glorified then seized the staff and thus did say thou richard bearest thy father's name keep thou this ensign till the day when i of thee require the same thy place beyond my better hand and seven as true as thou i see will cleave to this good cause and me he spake and eight brave sons straightway all followed him a gallant band forth when siren sons appeared a gratulating shout was reared with din of arms and minstrelsy from all his warlike tenantry all horsed and harnessed with him to ride a shout to which the hills replied but francis in the vacant hall 
stood silent under dreary weight a phantasm in which roof and wall shook tottered swam before his sight a phantasm like a dream of night thus overwhelmed and desolate he found his way to a postern gate and when he waked at length his eye was on the calm and silent sky with air about him breathing sweet and earth's green grass beneath his feet nor did he fail ere long to hear a sound of military cheer faint but it reached that sheltered spot he heard and it disturbed him not there stood he leaning on a lance which he had grasped unknowingly had blindly grasped in that strong trance that dimness of heart agony there stood he cleansed from the despair and sorrow of his fruitless prayer the past he calmly hath reviewed but where will be the fortitude of this brave man when he shall see that form beneath the spreading tree and know that it is emily oh hide them from each other hide kind heaven this pair severely tried he saw her where in open view she sat beneath the spreading yew her head upon her lap concealing in solitude her bitter feeling how could he choose but shrink or sigh he shrunk and muttered inwardly might ever son command a sire the acts were justified to-day this to himself and to the maid whom now he had approached he said gone are they they have their desire and i with thee one hour will stay to give thee comfort if i may he paused her silence to partake and long it was before he spake then all at once his thoughts turned round and fervent words a passage found gone are they bravely though misled with a dear father at their head the sons obey a natural lord the father had given solemn word to noble percy and a force still stronger bends him to his course this said our tears to-day may fall as at an innocent funeral in deep and awful channel runs this sympathy of sire and sons untried our brothers were beloved and now their faithfulness is proved for faithful we must call them bearing that soul of conscientious daring there were they all in circle there stood richard ambrose christopher john with a sword that will not fail and marmaduke in fearless mail and those bright twins were side by side and there by fresh hopes beautified was he whose arm yet lacks the power of man our youngest fairest flower ay in the right of eldest born and in a second father's place presumed to stand against their scorn and meet their pity face to face yea trusting in god's holy aid i to my father knelt and prayed and one the pensive marmaduke methought was yielding inwardly and would have laid his purpose by but for a glance of his father's eye which i myself could scarcely brook then be we each and all forgiven thee chiefly thee my sister dear whose pangs are registered in heaven the stifled sigh the hidden tear 
and smiles that dare to take their place meek filial smiles upon thy face as that unhallowed banner grew beneath the loving old man's view thy part is done thy painful part be thou then satisfied in heart a further though far easier task than thine hath been my duties ask with theirs my efforts cannot blend i cannot for such cause contend their aims i utterly forswear but i in body will be there unarmed and naked will i go be at their side come weal or woe on kind occasions i may wait see hear obstruct or mitigate bare breast i take and an empty hand therewith he threw away the lance which he had grasped in that strong trance spurned it like something that would stand between him and the pure intent of love on which his soul was bent for thee for thee is left the sense of trial past without offence to god or man such innocence such consolation and the excess of an unmerited distress in that thy very strength must lie o sister i could prophesy the time is come that rings the knell of all we loved and loved so well hope nothing if i thus may speak to thee a woman and thence weak hope nothing i repeat for we are doomed to perish utterly tis meet that thou with me divide the thought while i am by thy side acknowledging a grace in this a comfort in the dark abyss but look not for me when i am gone and be no farther wrought upon farewell all wishes all debate all prayers for this cause or for that weep if that aid thee but depend upon no help of outward friend espouse thy doom at once and cleave to fortitude without reprieve for we must fall both we and ours this mansion and these pleasant bowers walks pools and arbours homestead hall our fate is theirs we'll reach them all the young horse must forsake his manger and learn to glory in a stranger the hawk forgets his perch the hound be parted from his ancient ground the blast will sweep us all away one desolation one decay and even this creature with words saying he pointed to a lovely doe a few steps distant feeding straying fair creature and more white than snow even she will to her peaceful woods return and to her murmuring floods and be in heart and soul the same she was before she hither came ere she had learned to love us all herself beloved in ryleston hall but thou my sister doomed to be the last leaf which by heaven's decree must hang upon a blasted tree if not in vain we have breathed the breath together of a purer faith if hand in hand we have been led and thou o happy thought this day not seldom foremost in the way if on one thought our minds have fed and we have in one meaning read if when at home our private weal hath suffered from the shock of zeal together we have learned to prize forbearance and self-sacrifice if we like combatants have fared and for this issue been prepared if thou art beautiful 
and youth and thought endue thee with all truth be strong be worthy of the grace of god and fill thy destined place a soul by force of sorrows high uplifted to the purest sky of undisturbed humanity he ended or she heard no more he led her from the yew tree shade and at the mansion's silent door he kissed the consecrated maid and down the valley he pursued alone the armed multitude end of canto second